0: This is Solid Foundation Ministries with Dr. Pierre Covert, building solid foundations through sound Bible teaching. Welcome back to Solid Foundation Ministries. Today I want to bring something that I think will be of help to all of us. It will help us to grow in our Christian lives if we'll listen to it. We live in a time of many material blessings. We have almost everything that man can ask for. We have nice homes, easy and fast transportation, more food than we can or at least that we should eat. One of the greatest blessings is that each one of us has or can have his own personal copy of the Word of God. I would like to look at what we should do with the Word of God if we want to receive spiritual blessings from Him. Revelation chapter 1, the first three verses say, The Revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus, and all things that he saw, blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein. For the time is at hand. Now, I would like you to see, uh, especially verse 3 here, which talks about the three things that are necessary if we want to receive God's blessing in our lives. First of all, reading the word is necessary for blessing. Now, in Bible times, this didn't mean exactly the same thing it would mean today because everybody couldn't go down to the local bookstore and buy a Bible. So Bible knowledge was generally gained from the public reading of the Word of God in the synagogues and in the churches. Today, we're blessed to have Bibles that we can read at home. We should take advantage of that blessing every opportunity we get. But we must read the Bible with a purpose. Just superficial reading to do our duty will not suffice, and I'm afraid that's what many people do. Well, I got my chapter read today, or I got my four chapters, or whatever it is, so that I can get through the Bible in a year. That's not what it's talking about. There has to be a purpose for our reading, and that purpose is learning what the Word of God says, and we'll see that there's a purpose for learning it also. Reading that doesn't leave you with more knowledge is wasted reading. Hearing the message is also necessary for blessing. Now, true hearing is more than just the sound waves bouncing off your eardrums and you hearing the words. True hearing is allowing the mind to grasp the meaning of what you're hearing. It requires concentration on what is heard. It requires a right attitude when hearing. It requires a desire to learn. When we truly hear what we read, it causes us to meditate on what we heard. If you have truly heard, you will run it over and over in your mind after you hear it. It will become more and more real to you as you uh, run it over in your mind. It's like a cow chewing its cud. It chews the cud over and over again until the grass becomes cow. And in our case, we chew over what we uh, hear until it becomes part of us. If we have truly heard what we have read, it will have an effect on us. It will change something in our lives. The third thing we must do is keep the precepts that we hear or that we learn. Hearing is useless unless what is learned is applied. If we don't apply what we've heard, why did we go to the trouble of learning it? I mean, if you take somebody that goes and gets a degree in in engineering and then goes out and does something totally divorced from that, maybe being a cook or something, and there's nothing wrong with that, his engineering degree was a total waste. Keeping what is learned shows respect for the source of learning. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That means when we learn what his commandments are, we, he- we read them, we hear them, etc., we keep them, we do what they say. If we really love him, his commandments are not hard to keep. They're not grievous is the term that the Bible uses. If we're going to keep what we've learned from reading, it requires study. It's not as simple as just reading it one time and it's all over with. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, and verse 15, it says, "...study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth." You'll notice that it says, "...study." This means to fix your mind on the subject at hand, to be focused, to be paying attention and looking for what's in there. It requires asking questions and seeking answers." It's, it requires saying, well, what does that really mean? And then seeking the answers. And that may mean you have to search the scriptures elsewhere to find the answers. It requires digging into the scriptures to find truth. Going in and not just taking one isolated scripture, but taking all that the Bible says on a given subject, if we really want to understand it so that we can keep the principles that we're learning. A study must have a purpose. We study God's words so we might be approved of Him. That's the first purpose. That we want God to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Now, if we just study it and and, uh, don't apply it, of course, we're not going to get that answer. But we can't apply it until we know what it is. So we have to study, search out the scriptures, dig in, find out what it means so we can apply it in our lives. We study God's word so we won't be ashamed at judgment time. We're going to stand before Christ someday. Of course, if you're listening today and you're lost, you're going to stand before him in judgment and you'll find yourself in the lake of fire for all eternity. But for those of us who are saved, which I'm sure is most of you listening today, uh, judgment time is a time when our lives that we live for Christ are judged and uh, we need to study the word of God so that when we stand before him, we're not ashamed of the way we lived our lives after he saved us. We are to be careful in our studies so we don't come to wrong conclusions. Now, this is a very important part, folks. We need to rightly divide the word of truth. We may need to make sure that everything is taken in context and everything is taken in relation to the rest of what the word of God says on a given subject. Many cults are started by taking the word of God and not seeking Uh, the true meaning and, and not rightly dividing and taking it out of context and coming up with doctrines that just aren't true. And we need to be very careful that we don't allow that to happen to us. When we study the word of God, it teaches us personal responsibility. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 11, it says, And that ye study to be quiet, and to do your own business, and to work with your own hands, as we commanded you. The study of the Word of God teaches us to be quiet. Now, what does that mean? It means that we are calm in the face of trials that come in our lives. It means that we're not always jumping around every which way because we're in panic mode. When we know the Word of God, it builds our faith. You know, the Bible says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And when we know the Word of God, we know what it says, and we believe what it says, and we practice what it says, it builds our faith. Faith allows us to be calm, no matter what happens in our lives. We can remember that Romans eight twenty eight, which says, "All things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to His purpose." Uh, we know that verse, and so we know that whatever God allows to come into our lives is for our own good. It will work out ultimately to our own good. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily good. When you get a bad sickness or when you lose a loved one or something like this, that's not necessarily a good thing, but it will always work out to or the end result will be good in the lives of those who are called according to his purpose. That means those that are doing what he says, those that are following his precepts. The study of God's word teaches us to be responsible. It says in this verse to do your own business. We don't depend on others to do what we should do. This whole idea of a welfare state that's destroying our nation is not biblical. We should be out doing what we can to take care of ourselves. Now, as Christians, we should be ready to help those who are incapable Uh, either temporarily or permanently, of doing what needs to be done. We should be there with mercy and grace toward them. But uh, we should be doing what we can to take care of our own selves and not depending on others and taking what others have earned uh, for themselves and for their families to uh, take care of us. We don't meddle in the affairs of others. You know, folks, everybody's responsible for themselves. And it's important that we as Christians are there and ready to teach people when they're doing things that aren't correct. However, we're not be meddling in their affairs. If somebody chooses to do something a certain way, and it's not necessarily the way we would do it, or the way we think it should be done, we should allow them to do so. Unless there's a great danger, then we should effort to, uh, make an effort to stop them. But not just because we don't see it their way. We're not to meddle in their affairs. We're to work with our own hands. We're to go out and earn our own way we're to be a useful productive member of society you know if the government understood that christians are the best members of society and the ones that make the country grow and better uh than than others they knew we were best at that the government wouldn't hate us as much as this left-wing government does but they don't see that why don't they see it because christians aren't following the precepts of god We need to carry our own part of the load. We need to make sure that we're not being a burden to other people any more than is absolutely necessary. Of course, now when we've got parents, as an example, that are elderly and can't do... For themselves anymore, we should pick up the load. We shouldn't stick them in a nursing home. We should pick up the load and carry them when we need to. After all, think about how long they carried us. But uh, we shouldn't be a burden when we don't need to be a burden. The whole welfare mentality in this nation, as I said before, is destroying us because nobody wants to be responsible for themselves. Nothing's their fault. And all they want to do is get free stuff from the government. You sure see that at election time anyway. We also need to understand that study is hard work. It's not easy. Remember when you were in school? It wasn't easy to get good grades, and sometimes we just got lazy and didn't get them. Well, when it comes to the things of God, we're talking about eternal things, and we need to be willing to put in the work necessary. In Ecclesiastes chapter 2, starting in verse 12, it says, And further, by these, my son, be admonished, of making of many books there is no end and much study is a weariness of the flesh. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Boy, Solomon had no idea what he was talking about when he said there is no end to books being written. Uh, He couldn't possibly have known what we have today. Just go into any bookstore, any so-called Christian bookstore, and look at the books that are there. There are books on every single subject under the sun. There are uh good books and bad books and folks i'll tell you this you go into most of what they call bible bookstores today and most of the stuff there is pure junk it's written by people who just want to make money they're not concerned about whether or not they really help you grow in christ they just want to make money and you'll find books on almost any subject you want and uh, that's a great thing in the fact that they're out there i mean if you want to learn how to how to fix something around your house you can find a book on it if you want to know how to how to understand certain uh Things There are books on it, but you have to be careful because there are so many books out there written by people who really don't know what they're talking about. They're just trying to get your money from you. They're just trying to build a following for themselves, and they're not really following Christ. We need to take great care in what we read and always, always, always let the scriptures have the final say. We need to judge every book we read by the scriptures. One of my favorite sayings that you hear often on this broadcast is that we need to stop getting our theology from theology books and start getting it from the scriptures. There's all kinds of different theology books out there. There, There's different types of theology on every subject, different beliefs on every subject. But the Bible only has one way. And we need to search the scriptures to find out. Now, I realize there are some minor things in the scriptures that may not be clear enough where we can be dogmatic on. But all of the major things in scripture are things we can be absolutely certain on. And we can trust the scriptures. And we need to be careful that we don't let someone draw us astray. And remember this. The Bible says evil communications corrupt good manners. If you keep reading books by people who don't teach sound doctrine, you'll start thinking that what they teach is sound doctrine, and it will affect you when you read the Word of God. The Word of God, when we study it, must always, always be the final authority and the final source in everything that we come up to. The conclusion of the whole matter when we do study the Word of God is that there are just a couple of things that man man is supposed to do. And if we do those things, we'll be okay. The first of those things is to fear God. This means we're to have a fear that causes us to be obedient to Him. And this fear is uh, born out of love. It's not a fear of the punishment that's going to come as much as it is a fear of disappointing our God. Most young boys have that attitude towards their fathers. They want to be uh, something that pleases their father. And that's the way we should be with our heavenly father. We should want to please him. That should be the goal of our lives. And we should be afraid enough of not pleasing him to search the scriptures, to study things out, to make sure that what we're doing, what we're believing, what we're teaching is accurate and that uh, we're doing things in a way that is pleasing to God. When we have a proper fear of God, uh, a fear that's born out of love, it affects everything we do in our lives. To begin with, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments, which is the second uh, whole duty of man is to keep God's commandments. Our job is to do what he says. And in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, it says that that is simply our reasonable service. It is not at all unreasonable to serve God with everything we've got. It's not at all unreasonable to say that I'm going to serve God above everything else. That is just a normal, uh, reasonable service. Look at what he's done for us. First of all, he gave us life. I'm talking about physical life. He gave us our physical life. We wouldn't even be here without him. He's given us all of our abilities, all of our talents, all the things we're able to do. He's given us a mind to think with. He's given us hands to do things with, feet to go places with. He's provided everything our body needs. He's given us food. He's given us air to breathe. He's given us water to drink. Everything we need, we have it all. And we would have none of it without him. We wouldn't even exist without him. Therefore, dedicating our whole lives to Him is just a reasonable service. And one thing we need to remember when we talk about giving our lives to, to God 100% is this. He is concerned about us. He only wants what's best for us. When we give our lives totally to Him, then He takes care of all of our needs. Matthew uh uh, 6.33, I believe it is, says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. And if you look back and see what all of these things include, it includes absolutely everything that you need. You don't need anything that's not on the list of things that he's talking about there. Oh, you might want some things that aren't there, but believe me, folks, God will take care of you. I've spent uh, most of my 75 years of life testing God on that, and He has never, ever, ever yet let me down in the slightest little bit. He has been there through it all. He has made sure that everything we need, we have. And it's time that we realize that when we put God first and practice His uh, principles in our lives, keep His commandments, as it says here, then everything we need will be taken care of. And this is our whole duty. There's nothing else we're to do. Fear God and keep His commandments. We need to remember that judgment is coming. And that's not just for the lost. That's for every single one of us. All of us who are saved will one day stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Everything we do will be judged. There will be a testing time. It will be a testing as if it was by fire. The bad things we did will be burned up. The good things we did will uh, remain and we will receive reward. But we need to remember that whether the things we do are good, that is, they bring glory to God, or whether they be evil, that is, things that take away from the glory of God, they're all going to be judged. We need to understand that. We need to understand that there's no escaping judgment, and we should be concerned about that as we live these lives. We should make sure that whatever we're doing, we do it in such a way that when we stand before God in judgment, we will not be ashamed. Now, we're not saved by works. But our reward in heaven is determined by our works. You know, we love Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But we often forget the next verse. Verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. See, good works are not part of our salvation, but they are part of a proper Christian life, a life that's lived for Christ. In Acts 17.11, we have the Bereans uh, and how they reacted to Paul's preaching of the word of God. It says, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word of God with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. I want you to first notice that they had the proper attitude uh toward the preaching of the Word of God by the Apostle Paul. They received it with readiness of mind that means they had a mind that was disposed to learn what God had to say to them. They wanted to know they weren't well, I got to go to church because it's my duty. I need to be there on Sunday morning so that I'm a good Christian. You're not a good Christian just because you go to church. You're a good Christian because you go to church for the right reasons. You go to church to encourage others, to be encouraged by others, to learn what God has to say to you, to uh, worship God. Worshiping God, by the way, isn't just done in church. It's done in our whole lives. We need to understand that having the right attitude as we study the Word of God and as we listen to it being preached is a very important part of how much we'll get out of it. The more you're disposed to learn, the more you will learn. They understood that the source of Paul's preaching and teaching was the Word of God, but they wanted to make sure, knowing that Paul was just a fallible man, that what he said was right, and that's where we should be. I hope you're in a good church with a good pastor who uh, stays uh, true to the Word of God. I am, and I guarantee you that my pastor, Brother Bixler, is a good man of God and stands firmly on the Word of God and teaches it Correctly, but it's still my responsibility to confirm that by going to the Scriptures every time he preaches. That's one of the reasons why we take our Bibles to church, so that we can see right there as he uh, uses a passage of Scripture that he's taking it in context and being true to what it really means. This attitude is absolutely essential to learning what truth is. Without it, we'll never find truth. You will notice what the Bereans did with what they heard Paul say. They had great respect for Paul. They didn't have the New Testament yet. And Paul came and he preached to them. He gave them the word of God. They went back to the Old Testament to make sure that it was correct. Now, we can have ultimate respect for our pastor, as I said just a moment ago, but we still need to make sure that we're checking it out by the word of God. You should take everything I say on this broadcast. You should search the scriptures to see whether or not it's true. You should take everything your pastor says and search the scriptures and see if it's true. You should take everything you read in a, in a Christian book and test it by the scriptures. Everything should come down to what does God have to say on the subject, and then that is the final authority. Why were they more noble than those in Thessalonica? Well, they both heard the word of God preached by the Apostle Paul. But they had totally different reactions. Those in Th- Thessalonica got upset with Paul because he was doing things that was costing them money. And they got mad at Paul, so they ran him out of town. Uh, if it hadn't been for his uh, his friends, he probably wouldn't have survived it there. But he, he, he got out of town, and he went to uh, Berea, where he spoke to the Bereans. And their attitude was totally different. The nobility of the Bereans was their willingness to learn and confirm what they learned by the Scriptures what made them different and more noble than those in Thessalonica was instead of getting mad when Paul said something, because it maybe didn't fit what they understood up to this point, they took it and went to the scriptures, found out that the scriptures agreed with what Paul said, and then they uh, accepted that and followed it. Folks, that's a major, major part of receiving the blessings of God. I see a lot of people uh, in churches that I've been in all over this country, I've preached uh, all over this country, I've preached uh, in a lot of different places in other countries, and folks, let me tell you something. I see people all the time who are not following the principles of God, sometimes even acting like He didn't even exist, and then getting upset with Him because He didn't help them when they had a different, a difficult situation in their life, maybe not uh, keeping a loved one alive when they thought they should. Let me ask you a question. If we're doing contrary to what God teaches us, if we're doing things that are contrary to what God has given us for our own benefit, why should God step in and intervene when we make a stupid mistake? Fortunately, for those of us who are trying and we make stupid mistakes, God will intervene and he will make it right, but we will pay a price in the process. But it's important that we understand That if we're not doing what God says, we have no right to expect blessings from Him whatsoever. In Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 40, it says, Let us search and try our ways and turn again unto the Lord. Now, think about what is being said there. We're to search God's Word, try our ways by the standards of God's Word, we're to look at what God says, and when we have drifted off past. We're to turn again to the Lord. We're to get back to where He wants us to be. That's the whole purpose of studying the Word of God. Let me tell you something, folks. You can have family devotions every day. Read the Bible with your, with your family and pray with your family. You can go to a good church and, and uh, uh, listen to good preaching and be faithful to every service. You can go out on whatever type of visitation program your church has. You can teach Sunday school. You can do all of these things. But if you're not applying the Word of God in your life, you are not what you ought to be as a Christian, and you cannot expect God's blessing in your life. We need to understand how important this whole idea of first reading, hearing, and applying the Word of God is to God's blessing our lives. We can't expect His blessings if we don't do what He says. There are consequences to disobedience. And by the way, did you know that disobedience is also a form of unbelief? In some places the, the, in the Bible, the same word is translated both disobedience and unbelief. And so we need to understand that when we don't obey God's word, it means we either don't think that it's true Or we don't think that God's going to punish us if we don't, which is also part of God's word because it says he will. There are consequences to pay. And until we realize that, until we say, I have to do what God says if I want his blessing, and I'm going to do it because I want his blessing, and we have the right attitude, we do it because we love him, we fear God because we... Uh, don't want to disappoint him, or fear is more of disappointing him than it is of the punishment we may receive. And, And until that happens in our lives, we're not going to see God's blessing. But we need to search the scriptures to find out where we are. We search the scriptures to try our ways, to test them. You know, James tells us to look into the perfect law of liberty and see whether or not we're doing what's right. The perfect law of liberty is God's word. It's the Word of God, it's the Bible, and when we look in there, it's like a mirror, and it reflects back at us who we are, and we need to take action based on what we learn. Every time we study the Word of God or hear it preached, we should be examining ourselves. We should say, how do I fit? How do I line up with? How is my life following what I'm learning about from the Word of God? We need to be careful that we don't just let it go in one ear and out the other. James said that if we do that, we're just fooling ourselves. And so we need to be careful that we do what the Word of God says. The New Testament tells us to examine ourselves and see if we're in the faith. There are a lot of people out there that really believe they're Christians, and I'm sure there are some listening to this broadcast, and they're not. They have not really come to Christ on His terms and received Christ as their Savior. They say, Well, I prayed the prayer and I asked Jesus to save me. You find me that in Scriptures. The Bible says that we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. That means we put our full 100% trust in the Lord, the ruler of the universe, Jesus, the only Savior and Christ, the anointed one, the appointed one, the one that God uh, sent to pay the price for our sins. And anything less doesn't work. It's not not a work salvation, but it's a total 100% trust in him. And how can we say we trust him when we won't do what he says? Do you really trust Christ and he says do or don't and you don't or do? It means you really are not trusting in him. The bottom line is, if we want God's blessing, we must take action on what we learn. It's important what we do with that. When we find fault, we should resolve uh, to turn again to the Lord. When we find no fault in what we're hearing or reading, then we should say, I commit myself to continuing on this path and staying where I should be. Folks, we are to read the Word of God and listen to the reading of it, We are to study the word of God, to learn what it says. We are to search the word of God, to find the truths found in it. Uh, All of this is so we can be approved of God. A superficial reading will not suffice. We must hear what it says, apply it in our lives, if we expect to receive the blessings uh, that God promises us in his word. We can't say, well, I'm going to do things my way, now, why isn't God blessing me? We must take what we learn, make sure it's the truth, and then apply it in our lives. And that's the only way to have God's blessings in our lives. You have been listening to Solid Foundation Ministries from Lenore, North Carolina. Dr. Kuvert has 35 years in the ministry as a former missionary and pastor. He is available for revivals and various conferences on missions, Bible, Bible. Baptist Heritage and the family to find out more go to our website solidfoundationministries.com or call 828-244-6505 remember the Christian life is not about you it's about God receiving the glory